Hello, every loving one of you. This is Digging Through with Jesse Alvarez. Welcome back. And uh, this season's going to be interesting, I think, I hope. And it's because I'm going to be going out there and actually talking to folks, which is something I I don't really do that often. I, I am a very sociable person. I do go out a lot. I do enjoy the many pleasures that the city has for me, but I don't sit around and talk to people much. I, I drink, I dance, I listen to music, I listen to people speak their words, read their poetry, I enjoy performances and film and all that stuff, but I don't really get an opportunity to sit down and just talk to, to folks. And so for this season, I, I wanted to do that. I wanted to do that more. I wanted to do that with people that I I found intriguing. I'm following their work uh, over the years and seeing a certain progression in their creativity. And so I wanted to, I want to just invite these folks to talk to me about that and talk to me about their work, talk to me about their process and important questions about craft and and also about editing but really what i'm most interested in is talking to people about life and how their lives have sort of allowed them to become who they are and so my first guests are the writer bud smith and his artist wife ray valeri they are they're a power couple an artistic power couple. They collaborate on works together sometimes. And they have a book called Dust Bunny City, which came out last year on Disorder Press. So I wanted to start the conversation with that book and talk about their collaboration and how that works when you're married, you know, because that to me seems tricky and weird and you know, it could be great or it could be a complete fucking nightmare. But um, these folks are so funny and they're so delightful that really it, it seems to be working out fine for them. And, and it's wonderful to see that. But you'll hear first is Bud talking about his collaboration with Ray on Dust Bunny City. Then we talk about his new book, Double Bird, which just came out on Modeling House. And um, then the rest of the interview is just us talking about art and writing and all the good stuff that we need in order to create it. So sit back, enjoy. Forgive me for the sound quality. It, it's a little shifty, but I tried my best to clean it up. We were in a ground floor apartment and there was some traffic noise there. So um, you might hear a little buzzing here and there. Bud's voice uh, can be low at times, so I apologize for that. We had um, some issues with the mic. I tried to raise the levels a little bit so that, you know, he doesn't get too washed out. And uh, Ray is just fantastic and amazing throughout the whole thing. So anyway, <laughs> sit back, enjoy, and um, yeah, here's Bud Smith and Ray Boleri talking about Dust Bunny City. 
I wrote little things, and then I, I, I said, hey, do you want to illustrate these? And, and Ray was like, not really. She didn't really want to just straight illustrate, so she drew her own, just her own things without really reading what I had at first. Mm -hmm. And then I did my revisions based off of her drawings. So it was kind of like super collaborative in that way, not just like um, an illustrator coming in and illustrating someone's story. It was very collaborative back and forth. And so when I got to the point, the point where I had my my second draft of, of the project, and there was some new draw, there was new drawings from Ray, new story. Everything was like changing, and now I had to be the person who had to go to the designer and say, "Hey, I have like literally like eighty-seven changes, <laughs> and this is going to be the first of five, five, six rounds of these." And the person kind of just quit. Yeah, they they told the press, "I don't want to do this project." Really. Um, it was too. It's just too much. It's too much to try to have to do a project like that. Yeah. You know, with like two crazy artists, just not sure what they're doing and, and making it as it's yeah. kind of going through editorial and layout. And so it was really cool to kind of be able to do that ourselves. And that's why, like, I think in the future when we have like, and we get lucky enough to keep it able to make books together, you know, we know we know how the process works with making what, we, what we're going to make and doing the layout and the design and to be able to kind of present something that's almost much more of the final product to whoever's putting it out is probably what we have to do which is how we work now we didn't know how to work that way yet because this, that was our first shot at it yeah and it was great we like immediately had a designer quit leave the country i don't think it was but i don't think it was like that we were so crazy though i don't know we just had a lot of ideas it and just, it it's hard over, to. It was just overwhelming. You know? Yeah. It was overwhelming knowing that they, they were going to have multiple rounds of. Yeah. But, uh, and mean, typing up like how to change it, like yeah. move this picture to page three, and then mm -hmm. put this story and put it off to the left side, and yeah. But it it came out really great. I mean, I it, still it like starts becoming more of an art project than the an art project. project. Yeah, exactly. Because you're you're being artists basically. Yeah. yeah. You're creating as you're sort of. Yep. Yeah, it becomes an art project. It becomes, um, you know, you you learn you learn to do all the different aspects of it in order to make the thing, mm -hmm. rather than just saying, "Oh, I'm a writer." Or you know, I, I have to. I had to learn how to do some of the design work. That Ray had to learn how to do some of the, the writing work, and, and we both kind of went back and forth. And, you know. and we learned InDesign, yeah, which is like this design. Adobe, uh, like platform or yeah. whatever yeah. yeah so we were like hey we're learning InDesign this is great and yeah. frustrating at the same time yeah. yeah I was just talking to somebody who had learned InDesign and um, they were saying you know how they learned how to do InDesign because they had to lay out a novel for a press and they were like so proud of themselves and then they got hired to do a second novel and they were they had forgotten everything they learned because <laughs> it was, it was like a few months in between yeah. Of not doing it, and it's like it's like yeah, you really gotta keep doing it. Practice. Well, because it's yeah. a layout too. It, it also depends on how you you know like if you want to yeah. play with the layout, you're gonna do it a little differently, and you know the rules are a little different. Totally yeah, true. Different. Yeah. yeah. And like different font layouts. And yeah. So you and you chose. Um, I mean, I think what works well for me in that book is particularly is that your line drawings sort of like complement. Your writing style, yeah, because your writing are so pared down, and then you have this sort of like, I mean, although yeah. I, I find your line drawings pretty intense, yeah, actually. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Because they're sort of like, you know. They're a little like, yeah, I'm trying to make it look like it's like an easy thing, but then it's a little complicated, I guess, just because I'm trying to like make a couple different faces in the one drawing and like you're, you're, it's blind contour. So you're supposed to like not look at what you're drawing and just draw and not lift your pen up. So it's like, mm. I try to stick to that. It's like, you know, you learn that in your first year of art school, I guess, but I, I just always really liked it. And I, it's like my challenge now is to like, don't look at your paper. It's like kind of like how they talk about erasers, like don't ever use an eraser because then your brain switches to the other side of your brain and you self-doubt. And so I always try to like draw, don't look at the page, don't think, just do. That was like one of my professors always said, like he would like rip stuff off the walls and stuff and be like, don't think, just do. And I was like, what does that mean? But now I like understand, like I'm like, it's true. Just, just enjoy and like. Dude, just don't think too much. And I I definitely think too much. Is that is that like a similar way of how you approach writing? Like in terms of I mean there are these writers who take a sentence and they write that sentence a million times until they get the sentence right, or you know, that kind of writer. Yeah, I'm changing. Uh, I'm definitely changing. I think when I was um, when I was younger I would I I, I still think like Similarly, where I'm like, I don't hate anything I make, you know. I guess when I was younger, I like loved everything I made, and now I just don't. I just I still don't hate anything I make. So I have like a a, a feeling a, a feeling of small affection, as, as opposed to when I was younger, I was like just infatuated with things I would make. So I think that's just um, a little part of getting older, and maybe a little more like battle worn with everything. I'm. Just totally okay with, you know, you've got gotten used to really editing things over and over and over and over and over again. But like the first, the first creation of it is usually like a swift, not easy thing, but it's not like a labored, uh, stressful thing. It's just get the thing kind of out there and done. And then now, <clears throat> I found out that uh, one of my problems always was I, I was never very good, and I'm still not very good at editing. Or editing on the computer. I can't really read on a computer screen and edit. It doesn't really work. Even though that's what I do, but now I find I have to print the thing out and read it and then I can kind of like, once I read it on a piece of paper, for some reason I can just edit it better. Yeah. So I just edit it and then I print it out again, edit it and I just keep doing that and I waste all the trees and ink. <laughs> and I'm just doing whatever I can to kill the environment as fast as possible. So yeah, my stuff is labored over and over and over and over again. Uh, I just had a book of stories come out called Double Bird, where like, uh, you know, some of those stories in there, they, they probably went through 50, 60 drafts, uh, even though they're small. Mm -hmm. And they don't substantially change, it's just like constantly going through and trying to hone things. And, but uh, only, only if I really feel like doing it. If, I don't like um, to do things if, if they feel too tough. Maybe I'll do a thing I'll get better as I get older, do tough things, but not yet. What I love about your writing is that it feel, and I think it comes so naturally where you, you kind of write right away and you get your ideas out and then you do go back in and like edit and like refine it. But like at first it's like you 
are throwing paint at a canvas and like making this masterpiece and then you kind of go back in and do the like more the other side of the brain where you have to like do the the editing part yeah i mean you really have to go i, I like to go and, and just continue continually just, just kind of tweak it a little bit home. so now that you is, is this the only book you're collaborating on is this that's funny city so now that you've done it once yeah. did you learn something about each other that you didn't know before starting the project? I don't, I don't know. We just really loved it. We would like come home from work every day and be like, all right, we wouldn't even eat dinner. We would just like jump right in on the computer and start laying it out. And then Bud would be like, oh, we need a dog. Can you draw a dog? And like not give me more info than just that. And I would just like draw it and then we would like add it. But we just, I think we just really loved it. Like, we just had so much fun. So you guys were both yeah. open to each other's ideas during the whole process? Yeah, uh, it was a little, it was like stupidly easy to work <laughs> It was like, there wasn't any arguments or, um, it's been that way with like the, the new book we're working on too. We just kind of, you know, somebody will have like an idea and be like, oh, what about this and this, this, and then we're just like, cool, let's do it. And so we're, we're in that, we're in that phase where we're just making as much stuff as, as possible and we're like trying to we're making trying to make everything good quality but we're just we're making a bunch of stuff and then later on you know you could say oh we use 56 things let's get rid of them mm -hmm. you know and and uh, i think that's like the way we work we're, we're not like afraid to do too much or do to something too stupid or too ridiculous um it doesn't have to be like completely grounded in you know what I think a lot of times, like, when I, when I hear about, like, people getting mad about books, it's like, they get mad at, like, really tame books. They don't get mad at really wild books. Really wild pieces of art. They don't really get, you don't hear people loudly getting annoyed by that. It's just, I've always heard people complain about being bored. <laughs> being bored by literature, being bored by, you know, whatever. So, it's, it's nice to at least try to, like, go the opposite way of that. So, if you keep the project crazy enough people just go with it is that what you think yeah lots of fresh crazy but i mean the editing editing fixes the editing makes it all cohesive yeah you, you have to really be a good editor if you're going to work like that you have to like yeah. be clear-headed and open-minded to really hone the thing down and make it all work and for everything to have a purpose within the project that's like the that's that's where it makes it all work you can throw whatever you want against the wall but you also have to be able to you know, leave the things on the wall that should be there. Do you have, like, before you even put a word on the page, do you have an idea where you're going to write about? Or is it just something that sort of, like, starts growing? Yeah, like, with short, like, short stories, for example, I'll have, like, I'll just have, like, an, uh, it, they just, they can come out of anything. You know, they can come out of something I hear on the radio or, like, a, uh, a conversation I hear from someone some kind of a commercial or any anything and anything um, anything and everything that's a short story and they just kind of bug me the the idea will like bug me for a day or two and then I'll just kind of I, I can just kind of feel I'm like okay now's the time I'm finally going to do that little story and I'll sit down and kind of and, and the thing will most of the time just happen and then I spend a long time editing it um, <clears throat> But yeah, so I always have like an, I always, uh, with novels, it's the same thing, just on like a bigger scale. 
like a novel will bug me for like uh, six months or so. Just like the idea of it. I don't have to. It was kind of like bother. It'll like be in the back of my mind, kind of bothering me, like the idea, and I really want to start making the thing. And I always wait too long to actually start making it because nothing ever gets figured out until for me until I actually really start working yeah. on it. Do you find that you're starting to feel yourself again as an artist? Yeah. You've been working, you've got to yeah. school and then you start working. Yeah, it's like, you know, you go to school and you have so much fun and you work really hard at these deadlines and then after you are a little unsure of, like, where where's my where's my real direction? I know I went to, for textiles, but, like, do I want to be a painter? But I was, luck, I was lucky I found a textile job right away and now it's been years, but I like just doing my own stuff on the side and it, it took me a little while because I just I did work very hard at my job and I'm so creative at work that when I came home I was like oh I don't want to start a new project I need to just relax I also worked a lot with like overseas like China and India so when I came home from work I would still have to work to like communicate and like write emails overseas and I it was hard for me at first to like step away from my job and I feel like now I just like my job and I really like my really really like my hobbies so mm -hmm. that's like I'm starting a bunch of projects and um, we have a couple of new friends that are just really inspiring and you hang out with them and they're making stuff and I want to make stuff too and it's just it's exciting yeah because you guys have like sort of opposite experiences like you didn't go to college right? yeah and you went to RISD, which is kind of like the Harvard of art schools, right? So it's like yeah. completely different worlds in a way, but yeah. yet you guys seem to be able to communicate with each other. Uh, I don't really care as much about my stuff <laughs> as right. other people seem like to care about. Like it's not precious to you. Like no, other people seem precious. to care about their stuff more. So as long as you collaborate with someone who uh, cares more about their stuff than you care about your stuff, <laughs> right. it's, you'll probably you'll, you'll probably be <laughs> That's totally true. And Bud, Bud really got me out of my shell and inspired me to make art and just do my thing and not like, you know, worry so much about what it what the end result is and just get into it. And so he he's been a big inspiration to me to get me to get all my sketchbooks back out and my paints and everything. So, so you, you draw and you paint as well? I paint a little bit, but I prefer to draw. Mm -hmm. I like, I do like sometimes just paint, but to me it's not, it doesn't feel as like right for me. I enjoy it, but at, at the end result, I'm like, what is this? <laughs> but it, it is fun. It's like a fun medium. So would you call it drawings or illustration? Or what inspires you? Uh, I just, I feel like drawing inspires me more because when I have, if I have to make something look like, oh, look at this potted plant I made or this bowl of fruit, it's just that stresses me out more than I'm just going to draw and see what happens. And maybe it's a couple faces or it is some fruit, but like it could also be abstract. And to, once I let my mind go, then I could, then I can make it look like something, but. If I start off like this has to be this, it, it makes it like makes me too nervous, and I'd much rather just try to be free. Yeah, yeah. Freeform jazz. I love your glasses so much. <laughs> Sorry, so cute. You don't know 
know, this is a great question, but I think it's a, one of those questions that I think plagued me from grad school. When you write, are you writing to someone? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and, I, and who? I'm, <laughs> usually, I'm usually thinking about like um, 16 year old kids who don't really have uh, total access to cool stuff. Mm -hmm. when, I was a, when I was like a lonely new teenager, uh, before I could drive in my car, books were really important to me and movies were especially important to me. Uh, and like I discovered, you know, art films and literature and, and it, it meant the world to me. So I, I usually think about those kids. I just think about uh, how anything can be exciting because mm -hmm. the world is still like open. There's only so many ideas. And so like you can, you can be, um, you can be fully exposed to that idea from an artist you don't connect with. That same idea taken from an artist you potentially could connect with. Um, it's just how the artist handles handles that subject matter. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I think adults are just, we're too jaded. We're like, oh, I, another thing about someone dying and going to heaven. Right. You know, I've seen that movie. Uh, Warren Beatty was in that movie or whatever. And you're like, yeah, but like that was done in 1970 or whatever, whatever it was. And here it is 50 years later it's not you know everybody that you only have so you only have so many uh, subject matters and and plot points or, or things to approach and it's, it's all just how the artist handles it and, and uh, so I'm usually thinking about those kids like perfect example is um you know you'll have like uh, this the 16 year old kids they all love clockwork orange mm -hmm. you know but you talk to most adults and they're like I liked that when I was a kid or whatever. It's just <laughs> right. like, I did know. that when I was a freshman in high school. Yeah, like you just get to you get to like you're like oh I have to get to the next level of the of whatever the thing is, and so, and so you discourage the, you just kind of push away the things you liked when you were younger, but they don't get worse. You don't, and you don't. Most of people, most people don't get deeper. They think they do. They're just that same. That same core thing, they have a little more knowledge, but they didn't really like, yeah. they shouldn't just throw away the things they liked when they were younger. I think it's funny, like that book particularly, so many kids at this exact age kind of fall into it. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of it is, um, that book is, is all language. Like, you know, oh, you, especially you know, that book. You yeah. know, it's like you have to learn this whole other yeah. make believe language, yeah, Russian yeah. kind of language, music, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it just gets you going a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the internet was out when when I, when I was that age, so I was able to like Google mm -hmm. Eggy Waggy Man or whatever. <laughs> See, that's curious because yeah. I'm older than you guys. I'm like yeah. about 10 years older than you guys. So to me, the internet came when I was already, you know, drunk out of my mind in the Lower East Side. Like it was not yeah, yeah. part of my youth in, in, in that sense. Um, but I do remember like, you know, going to the library and just like, Going through the card catalogs, and that's how old I am. Yes, um, me too. But just that, that was my internet, right? So that was how I, you know, looked for stuff and then made the connection to different things. And then I find the name of this star, and it's really the name of this movie star that did this. And you know, you, you're all over the place finding yeah. all these little bits and pieces of information that intrigue you. The internet does that like so easily. Yeah, yeah it does. It yeah. connects everything like yeah. without you having to try too hard. You just type in one word and then you get the yeah. like you get the rabbit hole yeah, yeah but I really like what you were saying like no one has 
the excitement as like the like te- not teenager but like tween or whatever that that age group is and it's just so exciting like the first time you find a record at a flea market and you're like what's this pink floyd and you bring it home and you're like listen to it and your mind just blows because you're like this is so cool and then you tell your parents and they're like yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah i remember that's... telling my parents yeah uh, i remember i was like 12 or 13 and uh i got it that's when i got into led zeppelin and i remember i was listening to like a led zeppelin album and i like went, my dad's like oh what are you listening to in there i'm like it's just amazing band called led zeppelin my dad's like Get the hell away! From <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's like those guys suck. I, I listened to them too much in 1976. <laughs> so okay, this goes back to like when we're talking about the line drawings and like your writing style. I think with like your line drawings, you can look at them and it it's this you know simple thing and then it, it you keep looking at it you keep doing something different every time you're looking at it yeah and I think your writing does that too yeah I try to uh, I try to leave everything open enough for other interpretations and right. when I when I added things I try to edit it a few different ways so it's um, so it kind of has a couple different layers to it so there's a few different things going on that um you know, if you want to dig a little deeper, you might find something more interesting. Uh, but on the surface, you're probably just going to laugh. It's, it's most like that's your initial response. Yeah, most of the time, I think I, I kind of default to writing funny stuff because I'm not like uh, uh, I'm not quite there yet. I'm getting I'm getting there. I'm getting to be overdoing it enough enough years to where I can kind of access all my emotions and stuff. But generally, writing and most most of my writing is just funny stuff uh, with some sad stuff in there thrown in for balance but uh, I think the great writers uh, not talking about myself the great writers they they can they can access all their emotions and put all that in there and you know it's for me it's just been um, trying trying to learn how to do the writing and then and then try to live how to live a little bit better to try to figure out what my life is so I can write about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like your po- I feel like your I feel like your stories are super funny and fun but all have an underlying deep meaning and then your poetry too is it goes very deep and I I really enjoy it and it has many layers. My favorite thing is that you do try to capture a wide audience with your humor and I think that like really grabs a lot of people because they want to go to a reading or they want to read something that makes them feel good and like so it's reading yeah reading is like um yeah you know you have to almost have to do funny stuff or like mean stuff or something (laughs) yeah well it's good to like sometimes the readings can go on for a little while and a lot of people are very serious, which is also great. Um, but it's it's so fun to watch you read live in person because you're just a really good performer and your stories are great. And I I always enjoy going and I get to go a lot because I get invited. I actually think yeah. a lot of writers need to edit this, their stories when they read them. Like if they're going to read yeah, yeah, a particular yeah. story that's 15 pages on the page to an audience. Yeah. 
they probably shouldn't read the 15 pages. They should just come mm, up, you know. Yeah. You know, the good trick with that is you can read your 15-page story. Um, you know, you can read your 20, you can read your 25-page story. If they give you 15 minutes to read, you can read almost 30 pages of a novel. But the trick is you you mostly are reading first sentences of a paragraph. And, <laughs> okay, yeah. and you're, you're skipping through and you're... You'd be amazed what happens when, when you when you do that. I was doing I do that for uh, when, I, when I like a novel come out and I, I do a reading because I kind of want to I don't want to like it's so hard when you read a read from a novel because you don't give people as as big of an arc mm-hmm. of something happening as like a novel when like a novel happens or like a really good chunk of a short story like a a fifteen thousand word short story. It's like you have to you know you have to sit down and read that thing and that thing you know that's it's, that's what you're going to be doing for two hours. You're going to sit and read it. But if you're going to go and perform it at a bar, you can almost do it with like an abbreviated version of it. And you have to figure out your exactly right. You have to figure out how to edit it to read it yeah. for the audience. And I think people should do that because it's... It's a different thing. You're performing it and you need your beats. I mean, you know, you need to kind of like keep it jazzy, I think. Although that's still very hard to do because you're still reading, you know, something that you wrote and... Even though you think you figured out timing, timing is the hardest thing to like do. I think uh, when you're reading something out loud. Yeah, uh, with reading something out loud, a lot of times it's just it's like I kind of like reading really short things, but then stuff people aren't familiar with, I'll read something really short, mm-hmm. and I'll almost have it memorized, so I can just kind of glance at the thing, but then just do a bunch of talking in between it and. And uh, do like an, an improvisational kind of thing about the piece within it, because uh, that's fun. That that kind of stuff is fun to do, but that's not exactly writing. It's like a different thing. It's well, these performances, it's yeah, more it's performance. I think that there's room for that in readings. A little bit, you know, because only because it does give you a break from yeah. the serious, <laughs> you know, writer. Yeah, it's up there. And I like I like all the different readings that go on some are it's all poetry or some we don't go to many spoken words or any anything like that but yeah but there's always a good variety and i i'm also like buds fan so that's cool what else do you guys do besides reading writing and drawing we usually just hang out and drink (laughs) <laughs> oh, we, we talk a lot. We, we listen we to a lot talk. of records. We mostly talk. Yeah. We just this year, we, you know, we uh, we dug into our savings account a little bit and bought like a stereo and a record player. We we always had like a like a junk stereo. We bought like one of the first things, adult things we ever bought together. We bought like a decent stereo and we listened to uh, records together a lot. We just put them on. It's nice because you, you talk for a little while and it's over and then the record's over and you got to stand up and flip it and then you come back down yeah. and then the conversation has a, a chance to kind of like breathe for a minute. Uh, it's fun. I don't know. And change, you know, like if we're talking about one thing and then you have to get up and change the record, then it switches to what do you want to listen to? Oh, let's listen to this. How about the talking heads? Oh, remember that story about blah, blah, blah when we went to see this? We just, we can talk forever. Like, it's. Yeah, we drive our other friends. Crazy. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of people are like, let's go to a museum or let's go to a movie. And we're like, yeah, let's just stay here and let's all talk. Like, we'll just hang out. But, but it sounds like you guys have, like, 
history. Yeah. We do. We just love, we also, well, Bud tells the best stories and he seems to really like my stories. So we do that a lot. And um, usually Sunday we have art day, whether it's something we're working on or just Bud has his own projects and I have my, like, I really like to crochet and knit. So that's like my escape from drawing. So I'll be like, oh, I'm going to like work on this scarf right now. And it's like just a good relaxation thing. But it's art day and we just listen to music and make stuff. And we we actually don't talk too much that day because we're both very busy. But yeah. yeah. But we're in the same room. It's nice. We just like both are in our, our separate space in the our living room slash studio that we hang out in. Yeah. <laughs> And their friends come over? Um, yeah, we we get a lot of visitors. We also have a couple occasional roommates because we have, like, the extra spare room with the bathroom. So, like, mm-hmm. we're like, oh, come stay with us, you know? But, you know, if you, if you need a place to crash or if you need a place to live. <laughs> so we've had some really great roommates come stay with us for, like, you know, two weeks or so. And, um they like to make art too or we just talk and it's really fun we we we, we're not really into tv that much we watch like two shows that come on like once a year so we don't do a lot of tv watching um but you know we also do our fair share of just sleeping too which is good yeah (laughs) yeah yeah But do you do observational stuff when you're drawing? Or do you think you're doing things from, like, personal experience? I think it's more just random thoughts as opposed to, like, like I'm not really observing too much. Like, Bud totally observes. He will be on the subway and hear one thing or see someone in a blue scarf, and then it's, like, a whole novel out of that, like, me, I just sometimes I'll I'll look at it like I have to kind of conjure something by like looking at like a book or something like on the internet like a like a photo like I need to see something to get some of my ideas. I can't just conjure out of nowhere. And you look um, at things as more visually, like just yeah, like I I need to like look at I don't know or if I'm like oh I'm gonna draw a skeleton I sometimes need to like reference some like document or some kind of scientific things to to get the whole point across um but i think i know bud can just he makes stuff out of nothing it's so cool well yeah your stuff is naturalistic right like your style is sort of like a naturalistic style yeah i would imagine people approach you and they act like they know you because of your writing. Yeah. Does that happen a lot? Yeah. And does that annoy you? Or do no, you enjoy no, that? no, it doesn't annoy me at all. <laughs> uh, usually, I'm very happy to meet anyone who is a, a creative person. So if I'm usually being approached by someone, they're at least a reader. Mm-hmm. They're at least, uh, I don't care if they read my stuff, just that they are they like to read. Or most of the time, they're, they're writers, people who like to write. And they're just, uh, to me, those people are worth a little more in life, to me personally, because they, uh, you know, they have their they have their real life and then they have their their fantasy life. Mm-hmm. That they're trying to do something, they're trying to get, just 
wring the towel and squeeze the juice out of being alive a little bit more mm -hmm. because they're just not happy with with what they're grounded in. So they're trying mm -hmm. to they have escape they have their escapism, and they'll tell you about it. Everybody has their 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 other side, but the vast majority of people, I feel like you don't get to you don't get to learn about that because it's it's whatever else you know it's not just out there. Writers though, though they can't wait to tell you they can't wait to tell you about what they're trying to do. So it's it never bothers me when I when I meet writers because they're always uh, they're always really cool people and they're they can always tell you about something else to check out. That's like you were talking about earlier with like the uh, the cart catalog. Uh, that, that's what a, a person who I meet at a party who likes to read or write or listen to music, they're just the card catalog to me, you know, I can, mm -hmm. I can find something from them that I'm going to want to check out, something I'm going to want to like investigate, whether it's a book or a movie or a piece of music, so those kind of people are invaluable to me, I want, I want more of them to say I love Yeah. That's been the whole point of like social media, uh, ever since I found out I could connect with People who would tell me about cool stuff, the internet meant something to me. It wasn't just like uh, weird message boards about conspiracy theories or whatever. <laughs> and we've met a lot of our really close friends through like online, mostly Facebook or my, actually MySpace. We met a lot of great friends that we would chat with for a couple of years and then be like, let's meet up. And then you meet up and you have so much in common. And it's great, and we we just I feel so lucky that we've met people like a couple like probably like fifteen years ago you wouldn't be meeting people online you wouldn't be just like chatting with someone on Friendster or whatever and be like let's meet up in a parking lot and like then hit Fridays and get a drink or something but um, I just really like that I like like that there's like all these people out there that you can meet now and. And everybody's outing themselves as something on social media. Like, you know, you post a picture of, I don't know, some wackadoodle sculpture with three heads. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're outed as someone who likes sculptures with three heads. Oh, what's that about? Yeah, you could stalk someone for a little while. <laughs> you know, you, know, you, yeah, yeah. you accidentally follow each other on Instagram and then you find out that, you know, oh my God, this person is into, uh, you know, surrealist paintings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for some, for an introvert like me, it's magical because I don't talk to anyone in real life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I do post a lot of things. Yeah, I and love all your new photographs. Like the yeah, last, well, not new even, like just really like the last year or so, you've been doing some really good photography, and I oh, really yeah. enjoy it. It's um, you know, we live in a really fucked up world right now, and to me, artists and writers are my sanity. Like. To me, it seems like these are the people that can see outside of the matrix yeah, yeah, yeah. and talk about that stuff and, and create around that stuff. Yeah. And so I'm just like, I find myself just sort of trying to examine all these things now, like yeah. really, really knowing how important these things are right now. Because if not, you're going to get sucked in by all the Yeah, and you could get go down the rabbit hole of complaints on Facebook or other stuff like that. Yeah. But I really do like how artists, I feel like and most of our friends are creative, just see the world differently. Like even if it's like walking by and you see that one flower, it's the only flower that's blooming right now in, the, in this whole winter and you just see this beauty or you see a stick of gum and it's like a little misshapen and you're like, 
hey, that kind of looks like Ronald Reagan. Or I don't know. You just see these things and they like make your day happy. Uh, or you just observe. I don't know. I don't know how to describe. I'm probably not putting the right words to it, but yeah, I, think I just like, you're going past yeah. that wall. Yeah, that I think most people are unfortunately behind. Yeah, you know. So this new book, you want to talk a little bit about this sure. book? Like, I know it's a collection for stories, right? Yeah. And from what I've seen so far, they're sort of absurdist. Would you say? Yeah, yeah. They're all they're all absurdist stories. They're all. Um, Roll like Twilight Zone, roll Twilight Zone episodes, um, or something, uh, you know, mm-hmm. of that nature. They're very, um, they're very wild little absurdist stories. Um, I had, you know, this 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 book of stories had like different incantations, and and I think it's had like four or five different names. It used to be called something different, and it was absurdist stories fables and realist stories at first and then you know it had a different name and then it was absurdist stories cut the fables and then it was just <laughs> absurdist and realist and there was like a side a and side b had a different name and then it became just absurdist stories and then you know it had a different name and then but then i said oh well now i need to write like i, I cut like 30 of the stories so i need to write more so that the project kind of just keeps going uh, until it feels good, and it, it mm-hmm. just it felt great after um, I kind of wrote enough of these stories that uh, kind of figured out how I like to write absurdism uh, after doing it for maybe five years. But I kind of like got in the groove of how I do it, and so these are like my best stories from probably the last, mostly the last two years mm-hmm. of doing it for so long. I went through like maybe a hundred of these kinds of stories that didn't didn't see the light of day and now these 40 are like the survivors but you know what always happens too is um you know you think you think you figured something out and you're like really happy with it and then right right when the book gets accepted for publication then i delete half of it and write new ones Mm -hmm. and go back uh, while editing and everything um kind of grows together and and changes even though some of the stuff's been published in some of my favorite places, like Hobart, Smoke Long, uh, Story Was in Pank, and just different places that uh, I was like just trying really, really hard to make these things and try to get them read. Uh, so there's a lot of submitting and trying to do that stuff. That's a whole other learning process. We learn a lot doing that. But, uh, but yeah, it's called Double Bird. It's out from Marlin House. They're selling the book on their site. Um, they're they're anti Amazon. They don't think it's gonna go up on Amazon, but they're um, uh, it's gonna be up on small press distribution. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's gonna be at uh, quite a few bookstores. It's gonna be in Powell's, and it looks like it's gonna be at the Strand soon, and uh, probably City Lights Books. And uh, just trying to hit like the major good books, surviving good bookstores that are left. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's gonna be a little bit more of a um, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I buy most of my books used on Amazon, <laughs> but um, as, as I'm still kind of navigating the small press world, uh, it seems like most of the publishers I work with, they're like just staunchly, staunchly against the Amazon, so I'm like, yeah. you know. I mean, it is economic, they, 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 yeah. they, they, they don't make any money doing yeah. that, 
So basically, um, if anybody's looking, looking to pick the book up, it's, uh, it's on wallenhouse.net. Um, it's in your shop, Double Bird. Okay. I see, I mean, I, I, I've known you as a writer for a while now, yeah. and I saw you sort of, sort of like in the beginning, I think, a little bit, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On um, that fiction odd, right? Was that sort of like when you... Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, and this, you two, you, both you guys, your circle of, I guess, writerly, artistic friends has grown. Yes, definitely. You know, over the years. Yeah, yeah. And you're definitely exposed now to, I mean, there's all these little groups of people doing things like the people at CCM, for instance, yeah, yeah. Indie, young indie writers mm -hmm. um, who started out, I guess, as alt-lit and now yeah, it's yeah. morphed into, I don't even know what it's morphed into, a tool. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but um, do you want to talk a little bit about like how that's changed for you? Because now that you have all this exposure to all these other writers that Maybe even like seven years ago. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just every time I'm every like I said about meeting writers and stuff. Um, every time I'm like exposed to someone I think is cool in person. If you tell me you write and I think you're a good person, you're cool in person. Uh, most of the time, if you're cool and you're you're good face to face, uh, when I check your writing out, it's good too, because you're. Mm -hmm. Just seems like the people who are a little more comfortable and who don't have like a whole front up and like an act, and they're like a genuine face-to-face -face person. Whether they consider themselves, you can say yourself an introvert. That's fantastic. I wouldn't. I, no, face-to-face, -face, you're not an introvert. Uh, you know, this is so true. Yeah. <laughs> but the but the whole thing where where like if I if I'm at a party and I'm and I'm really connecting with somebody who's a writer and they're there to talk about we're talking about whatever, mm -hmm. and they say, oh, by the way, I have this book. And then usually I try to swap with people as much as possible because I love to read, you know, I really love reading everyone's books. Um, and then I read their book and guess what? It's usually good. I very rarely have I met someone who I really like and I read their book and be like, oh, yeah. Because yeah. if I don't like your book, then I don't really want to be your friend, <laughs> friend anymore. You know, like, oh, God. Because it's too hard to pretend, like, you know, that you respect somebody's work if, uh, if you see them all the time. Because, you, know, you know, especially when you get to our age, when you're, when you're at over 35, you know, you have, you're going to make a friend now, you're going to have that friend probably for the rest of your, <laughs> rest of your life. <laughs> they just, you know, friends are like, uh, you know, it's worth a little more as you get older. Uh, I think anyway, so, um, but, uh, but yeah, I try, I try to learn as much as I can from, uh, especially like younger writers, you know, I meet someone who's, um, like hovering around their early twenties, usually, um, I just feel like, I feel like for the most part, especially when I meet all the kids who have gone to like these really great writing schools, you know, they come out of like an MFA writing program or a really good writing program, and if I, if I meet them and they're young, I'm like, man, they're like light years ahead of where I was when I was like 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, um, yeah, I feel like I, I didn't I didn't have an inkling on it, like an idea at all what I was doing until I was maybe thirty, you know. So it's been, uh, but uh, yeah, they, they 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 pulled they pulled the pin, you know. They really went all in and, and tried tried to go to college and study it and yeah. really get immersed into it. And I respect the hell out of that and just being around those those kids and like finding out what their professors are making them read gets me excited. 
and the movies, you know, the movies that that their professors and everyone is making them watch and stuff. I'm like, oh my god, it's like a great list that never ends. <laughs> to the list. And plus, those kids are thinking of you the same way, you know. Like, yeah, everybody's, you know, that's the truth too. You know, everybody's respectful, up up and down the ladder. Um, most of the time, I feel like I'm at the bottom of the ladder, and I just I just want to like enjoy things as much as I can. Uh, and, and learn because I'm just like really greedy for not to be like entertained but um, you know like uh, Facebook's great because um, there's so many like these hype books you know like you see like oh the big the big hot book from last year everybody's posting about it and it's it wins this award or wins that award and you're like oh wow this book's got to be good and I've just known from like reading enough of those but where I got sucked into the the hype book thing, you know, where I'm like, ah, oh, this hype book actually sucks, you know. <laughs> and, but if you meet if you meet people with good taste, your reading time is not really going to be wasted because mm. if you meet enough people who have good taste, they'll, they'll help you figure out what's actually good, and those people are invaluable. Yeah. So. Okay. That was Bud Smith and Ray Bolleri talking about art writing love and new books um catch bud smith's new book double bird which is published by Marlin house at the Marlin house website and you can also uh read their book that they collaborated together on called dust bunny city which is published by disorder press i want to thank you for listening as always and Hopefully you'll continue to do so. We're going to come back soon with some more interviews with um, folks doing stuff out there. So do stay tuned and uh, flowers.